You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ime Oguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, Thriving Moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you doing? (laughs) I hope you're enjoying my series on the power of coaching and hearing from some of my amazing clients and the results that they've created. This week, I'm recording this episode in real time because the weirdest thing happened. I decided to showcase the power of coaching through my client stories, but I didn't include myself because I thought, well, what else is there to share? And it's almost like God was like, here, I'm going to give you something to share about. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, it has been one interesting week. And it's not even Saturday yet. So we're going to chat about how to be the calm in the chaos of motherhood. And I know you're not all moms who listen to this podcast, so you can insert whatever your own unique situation here is instead of motherhood. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to walk you through how I'm working through this experience in real time and the lessons that I've learned. You ready? So on Tuesday, I got home from picking up my kids and I could sense that something was wrong. There was this weird burning smell in the air. I couldn't for the life of me figure out what it was. I did know it was coming from our mechanical room. So we checked it out and sure enough, the red light on our boiler was on. We just thought, okay, we'll reset it. Then we called someone to come take a look. Turns out the boiler was shut and we needed to replace the whole system. So our house was built in, I think, 2008. And back then, the builders used an oil tank, which is not the most energy efficient. So we've been thinking about changing it. We've just been saving up to do that. Who knew it was going to happen now? So then we had to change it to a more efficient one, which had many, many dollar signs behind it. Now, before all of this happened, I think about three weeks ago, just before my trip to rally. I had mistakenly backed my car door into the garage wall. So we had to change the garage railing and also we need to change our door. And while I was just coming to terms with, okay, this is how much money we're going to pay. Insurance is covering for a bit. I just paid off the garage getting fixed. Now here we are with thousands of dollars and we had to replace the heating system. And then while I was just sitting and thinking about how much that cost, my daughter returned from the mailbox and she told me she lost the keys to our house. So my car keys, my work keys, mailbox, all of my keys were on there. Now I'm going to tell you all of this is happening in minus 20 degrees Celsius, which is about four degrees Fahrenheit, an average temperature this week. And when it's cold and wintry, my brain tends to be very angry and upset a lot. This is something that I know naturally happens in the winter time. I just like it's I feel like a toddler most of the times, but I've learned to coach myself and I've made my peace with it. So you can imagine all of this happening within a few days and I'm just like calm as a peach. And it wasn't until I was going to pick up food <laughs> that I I just realized My toddler is here hanging out with me. So if you hear someone coughing in the background, that's her. She has a cold and she has refused to leave the room. So we're just going to get this done because this is real life. Anyway, 
What was I saying? It was really fascinating to me because I have a brain that tends to think that everything has gone wrong and we're just all going to die. This is literally my brain most of the time. But with all of the work of being coached, I have learned to just meet myself where I am always and have my own back and allow myself to be human. I have learned not to feel ashamed that I have a brain that tends to think negatively. Rather, I have just like learned to embrace this brain and thank it for wanting to keep me safe all the time. And I was talking to my friend the other day and he said, you know why things are different this time? It's because of you. And she was right. I even get like a little teary eyed thinking about this because I remember when I used to think that back, I don't even know, maybe seven years or five years ago, I used to think that we were struggling because we didn't have a lot of money. Obviously, we did have money compared to some of the people around us at that time. Like if you saw what we were making and how we were living, you would think, okay, they're fine. And we were fine. But my brain always thought that when we make more money, then things will be all right. We'll never struggle. Like we would always just be happy spending money on things no matter what happens. And that's not true. Life is always happening. And life is always challenging us to evolve. And our jobs is not to try and control everything to stay the same. Because that's not realistic. Our job is to ride that wave. I was telling my client the other day, I said, so many of us, when we go to the ocean, we can go in the waves. But it's how you intend and your approach to riding the wave or engaging with the wave that determines whether you'll have a good experience or not, right? So when I was younger, we would go to the beach. And when the waves come, you either stood there, dug your legs in the sand and let the waves wash over you. You could run to the wave and just ride it. That's what surfers do. Or you could try to run away from it. It's your choice. And with me, the work I've been doing for years, especially this last year, has just been so hard. (laughs) Hard in a good way, but also powerful. Because I believe that that's what has given me the capacity to handle the chaos, chaos here in quotes, that has occurred in the last three weeks with my family and with our finances and just our relationship. So watching myself respond to all of these things and keep myself grounded just reminded me that sometimes we think we need coaching when things are terrible. So then we go get it fixed. It's almost like we've been conditioned that when something's bad, you go get it fixed. That's why we go to the doctor and you get a pill and you feel better or you think you feel better. But I've also learned and from seeing my clients even do this work, that it helps for us to prepare, right? To expand our capacity to be moms, the moms that we want to be. And eventually the problems that we need help with just get resolved. Without us even talking about it, I see this a lot with my clients who come for support with food and body image issues. Most of the time, I would say 98% of the time, we don't even talk about food and body image. We just talk about other things, about themselves, their confidence, their self-worth, their ability to handle emotions, and things just start fixing themselves. Which brings me to many of us having the mentality that a coach's job is to solve the problems. No, 
A coach is not there to solve your problem. They work with you to find what you already have. They work with you to find the gold, the asset that you are already. And then you use that to solve your own problems, right? While they're noticing your brain, they're noticing your patterns, they're calling those things out and you work together to fix it without waiting to lose weight, without waiting to look more beautiful or have better hair, without waiting for whatever you think you need to wait for. They just help you be human. That's it. (laughs) So I want to share how I'm working through this experience in real time. First of all, I have named the neutral circumstance. For sure, the boiler is broken. The weather is minus 20 degrees Celsius. For those who go by Fahrenheit, it's about 4 degrees. So we've been going up and down. Maybe some days we're 19. Other days it's minus 27. But on average, it's about minus 20. I have also let myself recognize all the thoughts that I had about this situation. So I thought this sucks. It cannot be happening. (laughs) That's a lot of money to spend. We just finished fixing our garage. This is so inconvenient. And the weather is so cold. It's too cold for this to be happening. And my family will be all right. I've also let myself feel all the emotions from sadness and overwhelmed and frustration and anger and hopeful and confident. I've let myself feel all of that. And then I decided who I wanted to be. Like it's almost like a buffet was placed in front of me, my thoughts, my feelings. And then I'm like, okay, who do I want to be in this moment? And how can I pick what I already have in front of me? Because many of us, for people who are trained or are familiar with the thought model where you think about the circumstance, your thoughts, your feelings, your action and result, we always think if I find my thought, then I need to find an opposite thought. But at the end of the day, you already have thoughts that exist within you. So for me, the thought that just kept me going was my family will be all right. And when I thought of that, I felt confident. So I decided, you know what? I want to feel confident through this. I want to feel in charge and just believe that we'll be all right. So I did that. I didn't even entertain the thought of, okay, well, who's to be blamed? Because I know this is where so many of us get into that cycle where we think if we find who is to be blamed, then we'll find the solution. And I'm going to talk about this in a bit. So that's how I'm working through this experience. Now, what are the lessons? Because I think it's so important. You know how I'm handling this. Maybe that's applicable to you too. But here are some lessons I think you might also find helpful. The first one, the biggest, which I think is so important for us as, as women, is I am the one who dictates the energy in my home. I know many of us don't want to hear this. But the reason you feel like the weight of your family is on your shoulder is because it is. But it's not in the way that you think. It's not in like taking all their problems on you, trying to solve all their problems. It's not in that way. It's about your energy and your capacity. So think about it this way. Imagine your emotional capacity is as big as maybe a small purse, right? Before you get into a relationship with somebody or you decide to have a child. But when you get attached to another person, Maybe a child, maybe a parent, really strong attachment, maybe a spouse or a partner. You might need to upgrade that small purse to maybe 
a backpack or maybe a duffel bag or a carry-on suitcase or maybe a full-size travel luggage. Now, this doesn't mean that anything is wrong. It just means that you're now required to enlarge your capacity to be able to hold space for other people to feel safe. And the way you do this is to create safety within yourself first. Because when your predominant state is safety, when daily or most of the time you feel safe, it makes the people around you feel safe too. When you feel safe, then it's easy for you to feel calm and peaceful. That doesn't mean that things are not going crazy around you. No. And it doesn't mean you're shoving your feelings. Remember, you give, it's like a buffet. You let the feelings out and recognize what's happening. And when I coach my clients, we I work with them to see, okay, what is their own way of handling safety and creating safety for themselves? Because that's what's going to help you in your day-to-day life. Now, I'm going to tell you that the boiler is still getting fixed, right? <laughs> but the interesting thing is my husband and I have not fought even once. And I find this so amazing because I know in the past that would never have happened. Like I would blame him for not calling the service people. I would have gotten upset. I would withdraw and then he would withdraw. And maybe sometimes like we would just have like this... Uh, what do you call it, quiet anger? Or we just like ignore one another because we're both trying to figure out our own feelings. And then the kids will start acting out because this is just what happens. And you might notice this too, like when you're in a fight or in an argument or silent treatment, that's the word I was trying to find, silent treatment. Kids just start acting out because they're mirroring the, the energy and that translates into the behavior in their own way. Or maybe this is just me in my own house, I don't know. <laughs> But this is what happened and this is what amazed me because I was driving to go pick up food and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I did not try to fix my husband. I did not try to find who was to be blamed or who could have done what or should have done what. I just showed up as a human and I recognized that this sucks. But because my dominant thought was we're going to be okay, it allowed me to just chat quietly about it with my husband he even brought up the card thing and I was like seriously like it didn't even register as an issue for me and yesterday I remember just telling my kids you know what I feel so sad and overwhelmed by everything that's happening I'm just gonna go sit on the tv and they were like sure let's go sit on the couch and hang out and we couldn't cook so we ordered food of course my kids always loved that we had a sleepover and we just laughed and we're like our lives just feel like a movie sometimes And all of this was possible because I have done the work of managing my own anxious brain and trusting that I have what it takes to get through. And even if I don't, I can figure it out. That's where my confidence came through for me. Second lesson, I can let a circumstance be a circumstance. I've kind of hinted this throughout this podcast, but I really want this to come home with you. As a society, we've been taught that someone or something is to blame for the bad, bad hearing quote, things that we experience. But that's not always true. But because we've been so conditioned to think this way, we bring it to our families, we bring it to our kids, we bring it into our relationships where things happen and right away we become detective. We try to find out whose fault it is so that we can punish them, so we can make them pay. But this doesn't help us. It just further divides us. 
And sometimes we just need to recognize that things can just happen. And the sooner we focus on who we want to be in that moment, which is not detective, but a problem solver, the sooner we can find solutions. When you separate yourself from the circumstance, it helps you to be more objective. You can think critically about this thing that just happened outside of yourself and outside of your worth. Because guess what? Your never good enough voice is always waiting to make an appearance. I'm working on this currently with my daughter who has just somehow learned to blame herself and she thinks she never does anything right. Her dad and I have just been like talking about this with her and I think it's also part of her growing up because obviously she's going to be a teenager soon. So I think she's also trying to discover who she is. And every time this shows up, we just reaffirm her and I remind her how important it is for us to separate what happens in our lives from our worth and value as humans. We make mistakes. That doesn't make us wrong. It just means that we didn't make a decision that was supportive or helpful in that moment. And we can change. And this is what we want as humans. So for so many of you listening, you've probably been practicing this kind of negative thinking for many, many years. And you can't seem to separate what's happening from yourself and your worth or from other people either. So then this becomes your work. How can you see things as objective? How can you just let a circumstance be a circumstance? Because once you see this, then it's easier for you to find solutions. The last thing I want to say is just learn to take a chill pill. <laughs> I know, not the most groundbreaking thing, but it works. For many of us, that chill pill might just be laughter. I know it is for me. I've seen this even with my clients when we start talking about really hard things. I just bring in the laughter and it helps to bring down the walls. So for you, it might just be grunting out loud or screaming, not at anyone, but just like screaming and letting the sound out. It might be running around. It might be taking a deep breath. But whatever your chill pill is, just take it. Bring humor into your experience. Because when you're in a fight or flight response, everything is tense, right? Even your body, your jaw. But laughter forces you to relax, even if you're secretly wanting to pee yourself. <laughs> but you get to bring feel-good hormones and your body feels safe. And your body's like, okay, even though I'm feeling a little unsettled, maybe there's something I can do about this, right? When we're having intense emotions, we're not using our thinking brain. We're not thinking about coming from our highest selves. We're just like thinking about surviving. And sometimes it's not the best place to make an empowered decision from. So your work in that moment just becomes, how do I calm my nervous system in the quickest way? You won't always have the time to sit down and journal or write things out. What's the action that you can take with your body? Obviously, this depends on the situation because if there's like real danger, there's no none of this. Like just let that lizard brain take control and get yourself out of there to safety. Okay, <laughs> it's so important. But what am I saying? At the end of the day, most of us just want families and homes that we actually like each other. And it's possible for all of us. You don't have to be perfect. You can just be the lighthouse for your people. You can be the calm in the chaos. And the more you live out that for them, the more they learn from you. And soon enough, they also get to be the calm in the chaos of the spaces that they find themselves in. Now, I'm not saying that we're here trying to solve everybody's problems and take on other people's issues. That's not what I'm saying here at all. This is taking responsibility for yourself and how you show up in the world. This is how we change lives. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be like someone who's trending or having a viral post 
you and I can just be a little glimmer of hope where we are right now today. So that's my lesson for you. You're human. Things will always happen. And you can show up in your most empowered self and with your highest thoughts. And even when you don't, you can start again. Nothing has gone wrong. There is no rush and you will be okay. Now, if anything I've said in this episode is like sitting with you and you're just thinking about it, send me an email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca and let's just talk about your situation. We can chat about how coaching can support you and help you be the calm in the chaos that you're experiencing, whether you're going through a life transition, whether you're just feeling really dissatisfied with your life. That's not a problem. I can teach you how to manage your emotions, how to expand your capacity and how to just be a human without feeling wrong, without thinking that you're terrible or you're not good enough. All right, you can come find me on Instagram. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness or check out my website, oliveandbliss.ca for all the details on how you can work with me or how I can just support you. All right, my friends, I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and as always, keep thriving. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.